Want to help yourself and others process past traumas without having to re-engage with the memories attached? Are you weighed down by your emotional baggage and ready to check it for good? Do you feel drawn toward a career in wellness where you can heal yourself and facilitate the healing of others? The Somatic Activated Healing Method, aka the SAW Method, is a revolutionary wellness practice combining the healing modalities of somatic movement, rhythmic breathwork, positive affirmations, and dynamic meditation as developed by Sadi Simone. This transformative experience has the power to help resolve past trauma, process present pain, and fortify resilience for the future. Students have called the method better than three years of therapy and report a 93% transformation rate after practicing somatic activated healing. This is life-changing work. Want to get involved? We are currently accepting students for our next round of SAW Method teacher training, which kicks off in January 2023. Join our certification program and get on the cutting edge of modern wellness. As a Spiritually Sassy Show listener, we're offering an exclusive 10% discount on your registration. Visit SAWMethod.com and enter the code PODCAST to join today. That's SAWMethod.com and enter the code PODCAST for 10% off and join today. What's up, my loves? Welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. I'm grateful you're here. Thank you so much. And if it's your first time, welcome, my darling. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for choosing to be interested in what I have to say. Thank you for choosing the Spiritually Sassy path for your liberation. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be of support to you. Okay, let's talk about today's guest and today's episode. Where do I begin? Okay, so first things first. I was living in Bali and for about four months and uh, through the winter of 2021 and the beginning of 2022. Lots happened and, you know, I'm back in Los Angeles, but here's the point. While there, one of the things that I love to do, one of the reasons why I, I certainly call Bali home for me as well, or I have throughout the years, um, is that Bali offers two things that I absolutely adore, which is ecstatic dance and kirtan. Kirtan is a devotional singing. It's devotional, ceremonial, spiritual music. And, you know, of course, I'm plugged into the, to the WhatsApp groups in Bali that are saying, saying hey, come to this, to this ecstatic dance. Come to this kirtan. And I go to this kirtan. And I am in awe of this band. I was like, oh my God, who are you guys? This is so incredible. Oh my God. The name of the band is The Hanuman Project. And the founder, Patita Pavandas, um, we, we struck a friendship. And I was like, hey, you want to be on the show? That would be so cool. Thank you very much. And uh, the our podcast was, I think, the first podcast that Patita Pavandas has ever done. But, you know, honey, just let's be real. This dude is is truly a star. Like, he can command a room, and not command a room 
in, in a sort of selfish way, but command us to go into our hearts. He will literally bring us all into that deep heart space in the most beautiful way. So much so that I had my little Bali anthem that I would play. If, you, if you've been in Bali, uh, you know that you got to ride your scooter. And uh, my scooter anthem was one of his jams, one of his uh, songs. Patita Pavandas is the founder of the Hanuman Project. And the Hanuman Project, uh, they're known for creating devotional and musical spaces. They're full of joy, powerful, and accessible. And I 100% vouch for all of that. Their work has cracked me open. Their music, their, their, their ceremonial um, experiences have cracked me open so many times. The Hanuman Project is a grassroots and cutting-edge devotional music ensemble specializing in sacred mantra chant. They weave together a vibrant blend of mantra, bhajan, and South American medicine music. This group is dissolving boundaries and creating accessibility for the v- devotional culture in yoga, bhakti, and conscious dance communities worldwide. Known for their highly accessible and deeply powerful kirtan and medicine music offerings, the Hanuman Project will sweep you up into a whirlwind of chant, ecstasy, and then plunge you into a lake of devotional nectar. Yes, yes, yes to all these beautiful words, 100%. Get into the episode. Love you so much. Welcome to the show, Pavan. It's such an honor to have you. Thank you so much. Your work has been... uh, quite transformative for me here in Bali. So thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for your warm invitation. (laughs) Yes, of course. Okay, so first question I ask every guest is, who are you right now? Who am I right now? Right now, I am a man (laughs) who is uh, somewhat fabulously homeless Mm -hmm. (laughs) in Bali. Yeah. um, And on a journey of evolving myself so mm-hmm. I can share my devotion, my mm-hmm. passion mm-hmm. Um, with those around me and hopefully the wider world. Good, good, good. Let's talk about devotion then because you touched upon a word that I always uh, bring it up to people. It's like I think a lot of people in the spiritual path are seeking that non-duo mm-hmm. approach to spirituality and yep. kind of missing the link that devotion leads to non-duality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes when you're just so strict on the path to non-duality, you miss the sweetness of devotion. Yeah, right. Uh, and you are so devoted. And I can absolutely <laughs> tell when you are on stage and doing your thing. It's I, I was sharing with you earlier today um, that when you hit that climax in your mm-hmm expression of devotion i feel like i'm floating upside down you know so let's talk about devotion what is devotion to you what is devotion to me um i guess on one level it's it's Mm -hmm. when we're in those moments in the kirtan it's like i'm calling out to the Mm -hmm. beloved often Mm -hmm. i'm calling out that's right (laughs) that's right yeah um and so i guess you know, devotion is like having uh, potentially a romantic relationship with God. Mm. <laughs> Imagine that, mm-hmm. you know, like we touched on this notion of non-duality, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps everything is interconnected and we can merge mm-hmm. into the nothingness mm-hmm. and have to take some sort of samadhi. Mm-hmm. However, in the the bhakti realm, or bhakti realm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. In the realm of bhakti, yeah. um, we are um, embracing the notion that perhaps... Um, consciousness itself has a personality. Mm. And that 
personality is also having its own experience and evolving. Wow. And then we can actually have a relationship with that. Okay. And that's the, beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And so mm -hmm. then we, um, you know, we have certain practices that mm -hmm. kind of are explicitly known around that, you know, Kirtan being one, which is mm -hmm. how we connected. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, everyone can be living a devotional path. Mm -hmm. You know, I like I liked the sentiment is not what you're doing, but why you're doing it. Mm. You know, we're all here to do what we love. That's right. And it's, I guess, how I feel about my devotion. My devotion is to share my practice in a way that hopefully inspires others mm -hmm. to have like the courage, the joy, mm -hmm. and the celebration of their own heart, their own mm -hmm. dharma, whatever that is. Mm. And, um, you know, we kind of all exist in this beautiful kind of tapestry in that way. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you touched upon two words that we don't often talk about on the podcast, mm -hmm. bhakti and kirtan. Okay. Can we define those words for the listener? Well, we can, we can make a humble attempt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we can do yeah. here, you know? Just a, we can just yeah. like orient the direction. Yeah. yeah, there we go. And even on that note, um, they say in this age, in the age of Kali and Kali Yuga, mm -hmm. um, the, one of the most important attributes for all of us is that of humility. Actually, mm. the transformational power of humility, seeing That's things right. as they actually are. So with that in heart and mind, <laughs> to try and define uh, bhakti yoga. Yeah, yeah, bhakti yoga is kind of like the yoga of love, mm. the yoga of devotion. Again, the yoga of being oneself. Mm -hmm. And um, the primary practice of that um, is kirtan. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, the kind of primary chant or transmission of that, if you like, is the Maha Mantra, mm -hmm. which we may know as Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Mm -hmm. And it's like this beautiful lotus that kind of like folds in and folds out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so kind of officially, if you mm -hmm. like, with yeah. inverted little bunny hands. Yeah, um, <laughs> air quotes. <laughs> there's 64 recognized arts of bhakti yoga. Okay. And some of them are really beautiful. You know, they might be described as things as like painting little models or like mm -hmm. sewing or all sorts of things. But mm -hmm. ultimately, we, you can kind of lay that lens onto anything and then mm -hmm. pretty much anything that you're inspired to do, mm -hmm. you know, you can see allegorically as kirtan. So like okay. here in your studio, you've got these paintings when mm -hmm. you're in a flow and you're having this relationship with spirit yeah. and offering this, you know, mm -hmm. you're kind of doing your kirtan or your bhajan, which mm -hmm. is like you know, singing your song, having your That's relationship right. with God. Yeah. 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 Wow. I love that. Mm -hmm. And you also said one word that I've, I've written on a newsletter one time, the Kali Yuga. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about that? Like yeah, what is this age that we're in? Yeah. So, um, in, um, you know, again, <laughs> this is how time works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again, my humble attempt. Yes. Um, but basically, um, sort of embracing the notion that time is kind of cyclical mm -hmm. and it's kind of moving mm -hmm. around. We have four ages, mm -hmm. and um, which would be like the Golden Age, the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, and the Stone Age. Mm -hmm. And um, so the Stone Age is known as Kaliya Yuga. Mm. And... Every single yuga has a specific dharma, yeah? mm -hmm. so a specific spiritual practice which is optimum for that age mm. that will bring you back mm. into alignment or bring you into the most exalted forms of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So for instance, in the previous yuga, okay. the um, yuga dharma uh, is yagnya or like agnihotra as mm -hmm. they're very um, popular here in Bali. Mm -hmm. um, 
And that is, you know, bringing a little bit more subtle awareness, you know, mm -hmm. like doing a, like a fire offering, like a ceremony mm -hmm. and working with kind of spirit in a slightly more subtle way. Mm -hmm. In Kali Yuga, um, typically actually, we don't even get the Yuga Dharma. It's almost like when, if you can imagine Vishnu has like, he has like a season off. He's like, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, bye girl. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, okay, what, what, what Yuga's going on down there? Oh, it's Kali Yuga. All <laughs> oh, right, I'm gonna have a lay. the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, however, it just so happened in the mm -hmm. previous Yuga mm -hmm. was um, the the Leela, the, the divine romance of Radha and Krishna, mm -hmm. like the most exalted, where God has a full loving romantic relationship with itself. Mm -hmm. And as we like to say in the Hanuman Project, sometimes what better than the party the after party of course uh, wow. mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so god krishna has had such an amazing party he's like i gotta i need to go hang out in the green room afterwards with all the friends i need to actually experience what it's like to almost be devoted to that that's right so even though we're kind of in the stone age mm -hmm. actually it's a very special stone age it's a very mm -hmm. special kali yuga because uh, vishnu krishna if you like, has incarnated in this age to bring us the Yuga Dharma for this age. Mm -hmm. Typically, humankind, we're left a little bit wretchedly without it. Mm -hmm. And we're just kind of swimming in like an ocean of Maya, just, you know, mm -hmm. dealing with, you know, um, all sorts of trials and tribulations. Mm -hmm. And um, so he came about 500 years ago um, with the Mahamantra, with mm -hmm. the Yuga Dharma. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so then that's kind of like a seed that's been planted. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, but they say Kali Yuga is kind of the age of quarrel and hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. It's an age where even if with the best will in the world, we can end up in arguments, stuff can mm -hmm. go wrong. We can end up with mm -hmm. like crazy presidents with orange faces mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. quarantines mm -hmm. and billion world dollar company. Yeah. yeah, this mm -hmm. can just happen out of thin air in Kali Yuga. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like to try and fight against that is almost kind of pointless in some ways. And actually we come back to this mm -hmm. path of devotion. Mm -hmm. And this is what the practice of Kirtan and particularly the Maha Mantra is. It's like a refuge. Like mm -hmm. When nothing else makes sense, mm -hmm. you can just dive into that and mm -hmm. actually know that you're doing the best you possibly can in this time, in this space. Wow, okay. So during this time, in simplest language, during this, this yuga, this, this you know, time, that we're, crazy time that we're living in, <laughs> quickest way to freedom mm -hmm. is through this devotional love to God, exactly. which is singing our prayers, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. And you're saying there's a, a, a I guess a, 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 a sort of a fairly well-known Vaishnav um, sage, uh, Shamdas, and he likened the process of bhakti or practice of kirtan as to like eating ice cream. Mm -hmm. Like it's immediate sweetness. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the practice is the destination. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not doing something to try and achieve it. Like mm -hmm. it is the end result. And then we just do that. That's so beautiful. Oh my yeah. God. Okay. This is, there's like, I, this is blowing my mind. I know for you, the listener is like, holy shit. So take out your notebook, write all these powerful big words that, that, we're, that we're hearing and, you know, do your own research on them too. Um, but let me ask you, how the fuck did you get into this path? Because mm. when I, when I heard you singing, when I was in your presence and the, your, your mannerism and the kind of word choices that you use, um, I was like, he's lived in Vrindavan, you know, the <laughs> birthplace of Krishna and the Maha Mantra is Krishna's mantra. Mm -hmm. um, and then hearing you talk about it, you know, off the record, just before we got on um, about your, how you got onto a little bit, but I would love to hear more details. Like 
how did you get to India to mm-hmm. go to Vrindavan? For me, what led me there was despair. Mm-hmm. It was being completely suicidal, oh, wow. like lost and just seeking, you know, change. Mm-hmm. And through my own research, mm-hmm. you know, who do you go to to talk about meditation and mm-hmm. prayer and mm-hmm. and transformation and liberation and healing and all the things? And it led me back to the oldest religion in the world, mm-hmm. you know, the the Hinduism, as mm-hmm. as we like to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes many faces. It mm-hmm. has many different names for it. And then through Hinduism, I found Buddhism. And then that's where I kind of anchored my refuge. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was through despair, you know, what got mm-hmm. you to begin this, this path? Um, yeah, I guess an element of despair in some ways. I can kind of cycle back even before that, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Please. Um, so... By the time of, um, well, I grew up next to a church in this village in England called Ditton. Mm-hmm. And there was this very old church, like a Saxon church, right by my window. Mm-hmm. And I was the closest person that lived to that church. So I'd always like, you know, God, I guess, was just there. Uh-huh. And I had like some sort of relationship with him. <laughs> um, and actually at the time, I remember there was like a little, and we wouldn't go to church all the time, but we would a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I thought like the vicar was God. And then he had like a helper, like some sort of Christian Padawan to kind of mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was Jesus or like this is what they looked like, you know, okay, in my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. But then there was also some sort of spirit in the church. And I'd, but often it was like, I was kind of quite bad, I guess. Only when things were going wrong in my little sort of five-year-old world, I was like, oh my God, I've messed up. And then I'd be like, God, if you can make this okay, then I promise. Oh, uh, that's so sweet that you had that connection already. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then I think around about 16... Um, I was um, at school, obviously, and we started to study politics. I had an amazing politics teacher, and we started to learn about Socrates and Aristotle and Plato, Mm -hmm. and I started to um, listen to bands like Pink Floyd, and um, Mm -hmm. I started some other kind of extracurricular activities, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) expanding my mind. Um, Go off, honey. This is, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so then I had like another sort of shift or an expansion in my awareness. And then then already I was kind of a little bit sort of dropped out of society. Yeah. Not fully dropped out of society. But at the time everyone was like, oh, I was, my my parents call me Paul. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, Paul, you know, maybe you'll go and be a lawyer or a doctor or something like this. Mm-hmm. And um, I eventually went to university to study philosophy and politics. Okay. Um, and I did quite a lot of religious philosophy and things like that and studying phenomenology, existentialism. So then already I was kind of veering away from sort mm-hmm. of mainstream society. Yeah. Then after that, I went to go live off grid in a community in Wales, uh, milking sheep, like chopping wood, like a mm-hmm. real sort of agrarian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I did that for three years. And after that, I was like, right, I need to go live in London now because I grew up just outside London. It was like mm-hmm. this bubbling metropolis. Yeah. And I was like, right, at some point I need to go <laughs> be in that yeah. and I need to do all that. So um, in the kind of geometric nature of my life, I'd been at university for three years. I'd been in Wales for three years. I was like, now I go to London for three years. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got stuck in London Mm. Um, I ended up being there for five years and in Mm. those kind of and I guess it probably also hit like the same time as my Saturn returns Mm -hmm. if your viewers are as I presume Mm -hmm. they're familiar with this Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep 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 that was those were 16 years old you said you Mm. you had this moment I was like one of the hardest years for me and Mm. Saturn returned holy fucking shit yeah 
so yeah, I'm probably in my Saturn returns. I'm, I'm working, I have a really groovy job of working for the commercial arm of a non-profit. So I was having, ticking all these boxes. I was getting that kind of city life. Sometimes mm-hmm. even wore a suit and tie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, yes, I'm yes. going out, raving at the weekends, just, you know, being like, having like a fabulous time. Mm-hmm. And then just, I started to just have a certain sense of sadness you know, and I was like, mm-hmm. lots of my friends were starting to do really amazing things, like mm-hmm. have like book deals, have movies made. And I was like, is this all there is? Have I kind of plateaued now? And and I remember one time I went to a festival and then I ended up going visiting my parents afterwards and I was just so sad and I like broke into tears, even in front of my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, what's mm-hmm. wrong? I was like, I was just not very happy. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, wow. Right, I need to do something. So eventually I untangled myself from my job and I ended up giving them six months notice. And and then I was like, right, I need to go to India. Uh, that was in my mind. I'd, at university, I'd read like the Tibetan book of living and dying. And yes. I had this notion of like, right, there's this whole Vedic culture that I want to go and participate yeah. in. Um, and then um, at the time, it was, you had to like get a whole Indian visa and do this kind of stuff. And I just was like, I can't navigate this. And I'd been on a short trip to Guatemala before, and I remember it was like super easy to go there. And by this point, I moved out of my house. I was staying on a friend's sofa, and I was like, I need to go now. Mm-hmm. And I just booked a flight, and two days later, I flew to Guatemala. Okay. And then, uh, within about three weeks, and this is in Lake Atitlan, um, mm-hmm. for those who may be aware of this mm-hmm. cosmic vortex, the belly button of the world, as mm-hmm. the Mayans like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've always wanted to go there. It's magical. Okay. It's very, very magical. And the great thing about there is like time runs really, really quickly there. Or at least my experience of time runs really mm-hmm. quickly there. So within three weeks, I basically re-manifested everything that I was trying to transform or get away from in London in a more vivacious manner. Okay. <laughs> and then I was really being faced with it again. Wow. And um, I was in this kind of beautiful prison, almost I'd created for myself again. Mm-hmm. And... Um, one day, a friend of mine, Roman, he came over to visit me in this house and he was like, what's going on? Like, you've made all this effort to get out of London and now you're like unhappy again. And he's like, come with me, we're gonna go out for the day. So we went out to this beautiful little community kitchen where they would feed um, children in the village that weren't getting enough to eat and mm-hmm. you would go and buy a meal there and help support that. And then he's like, now we're going to Kirtan. And I was like, what's Kirtan? And he's oh. like, you're gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this story, you're yeah. keep going. So we get to Kirtan and it was this beautiful little ashram called Kaivalya and it was super humble and really kind of spot on energetically run by two friends of mine called, or now good friends at the time, I didn't know them, are Peter and Arjuna. Mm-hmm. And they say the greatest gift anyone can ever be given, particularly in this life, in this age, is the gift of genuine service, genuine savor. If like, mm. you're genuinely needed to support something, um, it's going to support the biggest transformation or the biggest expansion Mm -hmm. and we got there and I'd never been like a pro musician or anything like that but I always loved music but I never really admitted to myself fully that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's really what I wanted to do look at you now yeah I know right (laughs) changing lives with your gift oh my goodness um and they had like a, a, a kirtan going on and it was just harmonious we all sat on a stone floor like it could have been in India but it was in Guatemala Mm -hmm. and no one could really keep the beat and um, and they kept asking, and I was just sat at the back. I didn't quite know what was going on. I was just like, don't kind of interrupt. Just see mm-hmm. what's going on. Try and do my best to read the words. Mm-hmm. And and then two or three people were trying to play the drums, and it didn't work out. And I kind of knew deep inside me that I could do that, mm-hmm. and but I didn't want to like, 
intrude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then eventually our Peter, classic Taurus, our Peter, she was like, right, can anyone else please play drums? And eventually I was like, okay, it's me. And I, I picked it up and I played drums along to the song. And then after the song, I tried to pass it on. And she was like, no, no, you keep playing. So from my very first wow. Kirtan, I was like engaged in Saver. Wow. And at the time, I was like really looking for some sort of traditional, authentic yoga immersion i needed this kind of transformation mm-hmm. and they were like oh we have a yoga course starting tomorrow first day's free so okay I'll, i'm in yeah exactly <laughs> so i went and then like day by day by day and i think it took me like even a week of going and then i like moved out of this beautiful house i was staying into this really humble room near the ashram and i just went and we did meditation we did four hours of asana every day and then we had satsang in the evenings and mm-hmm. we chant after every practice and then mm-hmm. once a week there'd be kirtan mm-hmm. and then i just kind of surrendered into that flow and i had this beautiful transformation kind of shared loads of things like physically metaphorically energetically mm-hmm. emotionally but i shed my like london beer belly mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what was one thing that that, that you recognized that you change psychologically you know um and, but keep going on a start don't lose yeah yeah no just wanna, this this yeah. tunes in perfectly okay, good. actually mm-hmm. perfect so okay good. um yeah so the beautiful the the key actually the and this i was literally talking to this to my uh my roommate um yesterday was what i'm forever grateful for these teachers at the time our peter and our junior for was they presented this like it's not a performance it's a practice Mm. and it's not about how it sounds it's about you know the offering of it mm-hmm. and so and this comes back to this humility piece of like not trying to do more than we can but mm-hmm. to like sincerely offer the best we can without doing so much that it ruins it mm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i was like there was this big key where i was like oh i can just help them do this and genuinely just give the best i can give without me thinking, worrying, oh, is it good enough or not? I can just help this sincerely. Mm-hmm. And that was like a huge key mm. that just unlocked a lot for me. Okay. And then all of a sudden, all of this shakti, all this energy, all this enthusiasm, desire that I had in my life had a place to go. Wow. And then I could just offer that. And it's a mm-hmm. bit like in tarot. So you've got these tarot things up here, like the Ace of Swords. Mm. Actually, to have air, to have mind unified like that, of like, aha, this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm. And I'm able to just give all of I am to it. Mm. So this is all happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then at the time, um, uh, there was this nice uh, lady in the street and she used to make these nice space cookies. Can we talk about this? Yeah, podcast? of course. Okay, yeah, honey. Yeah, the medicine, the medicine path also yes. has also been one um, yeah. that's, that I've no, been on please. as well. Everything is, everything okay. is fair game. The podcast is explicit for a reason. Okay, perfect. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes. cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so what I used to do was I used to buy these these um, space cookies and I used to nibble a little bit of one. And is I'd that go, mushroom, right? No, uh, Santa Maria or marijuana. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just doing my best not to offend any, uh, if there's any sensitive Vaishnavas out there, apologies, but you know, I'm just being in my authentic No, yeah, self. be authentic. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. I used to take like a little nibble of one of these and I'd be, and I'd just sit in the kirtan and I'd just like be lost in the mantra and it was just, I'd just be in this tunnel of just like amazingness. Mm-hmm. And then one day, um, I was hanging out with my friend, Lindsay, and she lived next door to me near the ash and we always go to kirtans together and, for some reason, I was like, let's just eat a whole cookie each. And she's like, okay. So we eat like, <laughs> we eat like a whole cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I get to the ashram and I'm like, 
already I'm feeling a little bit like, should I be doing this in the ashram? And yeah. I'm like really like tripping balls. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, but I'm like, it's okay. And I'm just like, da, da, da. And then I'm like, I think <laughs> the kirtan should have started by now or something. And I'm like, what's going on? And then eventually, um, Arpita, um, she comes up and she sort of taps me on the shoulder and I look up. And I'm like, she's like, I don't know where Arjuna is. He's like 45 minutes an hour late and we need to start the kirtan. So she's like, you, which Ganesha song do you know on this little songbook? And I was like, this one. She's like, right, off you go. Like, again, classic Taurus. And I'm just like, so I really got my medicine. You know, wow. <laughs> it was like, oh, you think you can just turn up this high? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. you really need to show up. Yeah. Then like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Time to serve. Wow, yeah. okay. And so I was like, okay. So I like, I had a guitar there at the time. And then I closed my eyes and I sang out this line. It was like a Ganesha chant. And um, there were maybe like 25, 30 people there. And I had my eyes closed and then like 25 rainbows just came back like into my heart. And I was wow. like... Pfft. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I like this. <laughs> it's working. Yeah. And then halfway in the middle of the song, Arjuna returned from wherever he's been and then he started playing on the harmonium and I'm sat like out in the crowd I'm not sat in the middle where they do mm-hmm. it and then he just resumes and then leads the rest of the kirtan mm-hmm. then the next week I come sit again in my usual spot and they're like no no you come sit with us now so then I come sit with them and start helping oh him. my goodness and then about a month later I think the rainy season was coming and they were going off to India or somewhere and then people were like well we know you can do it now so then I did like two or three kirtans in the community and so then it kind of started quite quickly. And then by this point, I'd not got my flight back to London because I was like, I'm going for like three months. I'm going to like change mm-hmm. up. Maybe I'll come back and freelance yeah. or like, you know what I mean? And then yeah. I was like, no, now I just need to do more of this. Mm-hmm. And I had some other very profound experiences in the lake as well, mm-hmm. um, slightly off topic. And I was like, right, I need to do this basically. So I went back to London um, got at this point I'm like 31 so there was like four or five weddings that I was like go to these weddings go to these weddings like mm-hmm. sold go, gave away a load of stuff properly moved out of where I was living in London mm-hmm. and then um, flew to Canada where my partner at the time I had met in the ashram was living we bought a car um, I had a harmonium shipped from India picked up her dog and we drove all the way from Quebec to California and then down to Guatemala. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to do that trip too. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. And I'm kind of still on that trip. Yeah. I never went back from that trip. Well, now I'm here in Bali, so things yeah. have changed. But yeah, yeah, I was kind of on that trip for like seven years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But then trace it to me from Guatemala to India. Okay. So then, so I'm in Guatemala and this was the flow. And it was funny because everyone presumed that I just like spent loads of time in India. And mm-hmm. I was like, but I'm supposed to be in Guatemala at the moment. And then, so I did this whole next season in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And, and there's more of a pronounced dry, rainy season there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got to the rainy season. And I was like, okay, what happens now? And lots of people were telling me that I needed to go to Oregon. And they're like, you're going to like it in Oregon. You're going to like it there. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. So I got to Oregon and then I had this whole other magical adventure there. And then I ended up starting playing at like these yoga festivals in the States. Mm-hmm. And um, two in particular, one called Beloved in Oregon and one called Bhakti Fest, which was in Joshua Tree Oh my God, yes. And so then when I got to Bhakti Fest, um, there was all these other people who were doing Kirtan, who'd been, some of them doing all, the, all their lives. Some, some who've now become, become really good friends, same age as me, mm-hmm. but they'd grown up um, 
in the devotional realm. Mm -hmm. And then I think first they must have thought, well, they probably still think I'm very odd, but, <laughs> but I think they must have felt that I was even more odd, you know, because I just kind of popped up out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so I made these friends who had grown up going to Brindavan or lived in Brindavan. Mm -hmm. um, and then one friend in particular, Vijay, Vijay Krishna from a, another Kirtan group called the Kirtaneers. And he very graciously um, really kind of reached out. And then he was like, right, we're going to Brindavan. Um, do you want to come? And at this point, I was so grateful in my life that I'd really just kind of cleared out anything in my life that wasn't just me following my path of mm -hmm. kirtan, of dharma. Wow. So I was like, perfect. Um, so then I think we went to Brindavan like the beginning of January and I was like, yeah, I'm going to India. It's going to be so warm. And it was like, it's so cold in Brindavan in January. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and we just had this wonderful time where, um, you know, we went to the Radha Raman temple. Mm -hmm. uh, we did like Parikrama, mm -hmm. um, like go to Barsana, um, Govardhan. These are all highly sacred <laughs> places that like has like thousands of years of history mm -hmm. for everyone who's listening. It's like, yeah. it's worth going. And mm -hmm. the month that I recommend people to go is the month, the month of November. Kartika, mm, Kartik. Right? Yeah. Kartik is how you say it? Kartik, yeah. Kartik. yeah. And it's like 24-hour kirtan mm -hmm. and the whole little village. And it's just, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, this is the India I've been looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it was, it's really a magical place because, like, everyone there is a pilgrim. Yeah. So I remember, like, um, getting there. And then it's like a whole initiation because then you're like, right, we've got to wear a dhoti. That's right. And then so that's also like, when can I go to the bathroom? When can't I go to the bathroom? Yeah. And then I was there with like my friends who had been going there all their life. So they're getting all these invitations to sing at these amazing temples in front wow. of all these auspicious sages. Oh my God. And it was like, again, it was just like very quickly. And I remember I like realized at this point, I was like from, from like having a suit sometimes and being clean shaven or clean shaven-ish and having short hair in London. By this point, I'd like become like, I'd gone to the other extreme. I'd become like this super like scruffy baba. Uh -huh. like even scruffy, if you imagine like now, like even more scruffy. He's than got really now. long beard. <laughs> <laughs> Some dreads. It's <laughs> still British, though. Yeah. Barley has still, Barley yeah. has like tied. Barley's been like a good um, cleanse, like okay. sort of purification <laughs> for me. But at the time, I was like super scruffy, mm -hmm. and, I, and it was actually again. I, I I guess it was this thing of like on one hand, there's this kind of notion of like aestheticism, you know, of like actually like letting go of attachment to anything. Mm -hmm. And this was a really good to tie in with these conversations of devotion. Mm -hmm. And then I had this moment at one point where I realized I was kind of out of place in some of these temples or when we were taking Prashad in these nice kitchens and things like that. I was like, oh, wow, actually, mm. this is like so much love in the room and so much service and so much honoring of what's mm -hmm. going on here. And mm. it's like, I feel like a bit, not underdressed, but like, actually, I could make a little bit more effort here to show how appreciative of I was mm. and to fit in. Okay. So then I was like learning how to wear a dhoti. Like I remember like when I had like a shave and mm -hmm. just kind of tidying myself up a bit and having this notion of like dressing up for God, dressing celebrating for God, God, adorning the altar yeah. of oneself. That's right. You know? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so this was this really beautiful sea change and like um, transmission that I got in Brindavan mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Um and uh yeah you know going and getting like clothes made in the loy bazaar and um you know doing all the uh the adventures we would have on the parikramas and have you done parikrama in brindavan mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. govardhan hill the Gov oh my gosh the govardhan one yeah yeah that takes like we managed to do that in a day 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that was really magical and special. But I think like within like the I f- did that bare feet. Yeah, me too. Well, I did the first. <laughs> oh my god! In a I backpack, did. and I was like, by the time I yeah, don't yeah. know how many hours into it, I was like, I don't think I can feel my shoulders anymore. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what's happening. But you just are energized. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't like tired or hungry. It, I was just really energized by the mm-hmm. place, by the experience. You know. Yeah, you and know, you're what? chanting the Maha Mantra the mm-hmm. whole time. You know. And the yeah. way I was chanting it was um, Radhe Krishna, Radhe no. Krishna, Radhe Krishna, Radhe Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Radhe Radhe, Radhe Sham, Radhe Sham, exactly, Radhe Radhe, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know, talking about mantra. What was the first Ganesha mantra that they asked you to to chant? I've been wanting, I've been holding that in my oh, a tap in my mind. I th- I'm pretty sure it was it goes a bit like this. Mm-hmm. Om Jai Shri Ganesha, Shri Ganesha Jaya. Something of that mm, ilk, something of that's that. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, mm. yeah. So I was just getting lost in like the whole Vrindavan uh, thing. Now yeah, again. please keep going. No, paint the picture for people because it is the kind of a place that's like, you know, like going on pilgrimage, it's such a privilege. But mm-hmm. I think so many people save money to go on a drunk vacation to yeah, right. the Bahamas or mm-hmm. to Cancun or, and, or wherever, you know, where to, mm-hmm. they want to visit some of the, Everything's fair game. Do you. But mm-hmm. I think if you're a listener of the show and you hear me talk about my experiences in pilgrimage yeah. so often and writing about them and telling you all the time how important they've been, how mm-hmm. pivotal and how much they've been the catalyst for like the next stage of my liberation, the next stage of my healing. And, mm-hmm. you know, save up your money and don't go on a drunk vacation to a five-star hotel. Yeah. Save up your money, pack up really lightly and then throw yourself in India mm-hmm. and Nepal and, you yeah. know, different parts of the world Surrender. like this. Yeah, yeah, and just watch the Cosmic Mother, you know, dragging you around, honey. <laughs> <laughs> she does a great job at bringing yeah. you out, you know? <laughs> Everything that isn't loved inside of you, trust me, she's going to bring it up to the surface. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I like this. I like this very much. Like, So there, what comes to heart and mind is this notion of surrender. Mm-hmm. And when we say surrender, we're not saying like, just give up and be like, oh, it's not worth it anymore. Yeah. It's this journey from the mind into the heart mm-hmm. and allowing the heart to guide you. Mm. And, you know, and you can, for those who are still like, oh, but how does that work? You know, the heart actually has more neurochemistry in it than your mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I like to think it's a stronger magnet. It's a stronger compass oh, yeah. to the flow of the universe. That's and, right. And to your role in it. Yeah. And so places like Vrindavan um, is what we call like Dharm. Have you heard that term before? No. Dharm. So Dharm is, means kind of place where Leela takes place. Mm. So it's kind of like a vortex. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you go to these, like we're in one now, we're in Bali. Mm-hmm. Um, Atitlan would be another one. Yeah. You know, there's these certain places, maybe Ibiza is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where the majority of your listeners are based, like Sedona, mm-hmm. another classic vortex. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to these certain places and like mm-hmm. the veils are a bit thinner. That's and right. Not only that, the other avatars in like the game that you're playing called life mm-hmm. that you need to interact with in order to strip back the layers and rejoice the unfolding of consciousness, mm-hmm. they're going to appear in that holy place at the same time. Mm. And so Brindavan is kind of like the dharm of dharms. It's mm-hmm. the vortex of vortexes. It's mm-hmm. like the source code mm-hmm. of all the places. Mm-hmm. And and the reason for that is it's where God, where Radha and Krishna had a romantic relationship with mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. in the village of Brindavan, mm-hmm. where they were loved and adored 
um, by their parents, by their friends, mm-hmm. and they were like cheeky and sneaking out mm-hmm. in the morning so they could spend time with each other by the river, mm-hmm. tending the cows, flowing petals around, singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. And so this is the place where that kind of royal romance has taken place. And then if we're fortunate, Mm-hmm. If we have that right bit of Sukriti, which is that kind of almost like a certain type of karma, like a good fortune, mm-hmm. and we have the good fortune and inclination to get ourselves to somewhere like Brindavan. Mm-hmm. And then if we have the good fortune that Brindavan recognizes our sincere yearning, mm-hmm. maybe she will reveal herself to us. Mm. You know? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And then we start to have these divine plays, mm-hmm. leelas, if you mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. And then and this is the almost kind of the the result of this practice of Bhakti Yoga. You find mm-hmm. yourself in like the movie of your own life. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but when I was a child, you know, sometimes you'd watch like a a sitcom or a movie and you'd be like, or well, read a book. And you're like mm-hmm. That's cool and I get it, but like, why isn't my, will my life be like that? You yeah. know, why is it other people having this experience? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you, you go on this path of surrender, you go to these vortex, these holy places, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you're like, oh wow, I'm in the sitcom of my mm-hmm. own life, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm in the movie of my life, and mm-hmm. these characters are also in their movies, and we're interacting with each other in mm-hmm. this vortex. Mm-hmm. And then this practice of kirtan, this practice of devotion, is, is kind of like this lubrication. Mm-hmm. that lowers the entropy, mm-hmm. you know, that basically allows all the cogs to spin mm-hmm. and we keep rejoicing the unfolding. That's right. You know? oh and that's God. the key, like to celebrate the unfolding, mm-hmm. to rejoice in it, mm-hmm. even in the tragedy. In fact, yeah. the only difference between a comedy and a tragedy is your perception. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Wow. Yeah. So these are the places where this stuff, it becomes more palpable. Mm-hmm. And again, I think this is maybe a good point to to sink on in terms especially of like our relationship and also for your viewership mm-hmm. is um, especially in these times right now like really being authentic and this has been my journey it's like there's kind of like the official dams you know mm-hmm. so there's Brindavan mm-hmm. there's Navadeep Mayapur which mm-hmm. is over in Bengal there's mm-hmm. Jagannath Puri mm-hmm. and but then as we found you know we're here in Bali mm-hmm. we're meeting each other we're meeting these magical characters mm-hmm. I've had these experiences in California, I've had these experiences in Atitlan, in mm-hmm. the Sacred Valley in Peru. Mm-hmm. There's other vortexes, you know, mm-hmm. and we can kind of tap into them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like something's happening in the world right now where we're kind of leaning into these traditional lineages mm-hmm. and codes and at the same time kind of finding how to apply it in an authentic, meaningful way mm-hmm. that works for us. That's right. And bridging. So I feel that's a big part of what we're, you and I are doing 100%. in this moment yeah. and in various levels. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And what would you say it's something that like these sacred sites and these experiences like gave you, like what was like that inner spiritual gift? You know, earlier today I was studying with one of my spiritual masters and and she said to me, she, she put me on a spot, you know, we're all in the Zoom, there's only 24 people there. And I had taught this really large class earlier today. And I was like, I'm talked out. I just want to like, I just want to listen, you know? And she was like, Sa, unmute yourself and share. And I was like, oh, Tenzin Choki, please. And then she's like, come on, let us hear. And what, 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 the, what the practice of Buddhism, what the Buddhist family recipe gave me was the recognition of our basic goodness mm-hmm. that our, our, our mistakes do not define who we are. Yeah. That, you know, 
who we are underneath all the layers of thoughts, of emotions, of actions, of words. There is this, this um, never broken, never tinted, never touched, untouched, uh, but that has to be developed, this basic goodness, you know, mm-hmm. this innate basic goodness mm-hmm. that is so sort of uh, contradicting to a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of other popular beliefs yeah. that... That some people are good, other people are bad. Mm-hmm. In Buddhist, and I and I shared this in a post uh, that went viral last week. I shared I lost a big TV deal recently uh-huh. because I said everyone's innately good, mm-hmm. and and those who are who cause tremendous harm into the world, they're in pain. They're lost mm-hmm. in their yeah. pain. Um, and hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. Free people, free people. Free, you know, heal healing people. You know, are are helping to heal people. Yeah, yeah, and. And, and they were just like, not possible. Certain mm-hmm. people are just innately evil, innately oh, wow. bad. And I didn't realize that in the moment how the energy in the Zoom call radically changed. And I'm sharing a couple of stories together at once. And then the next day I get a call from my manager and she says they pulled a contract. Because mm-hmm. in the Zoom, after I said that mm-hmm. everyone's innately good uh, with this TV uh, production company, they all kind of, the energy kind of changed, their their energy kind of changed, and I could okay. pick it up to something changed, but I didn't, I was kind of in a flow, just kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah. delivering what Perfect. was coming through. Yeah. You're in your first anatta, sorry, but keep yeah, going, yeah, we'll yeah. get into that in a no, and, yeah. and, then, and then I just didn't really realize that like, that they had immediately pulled a contract in their mind in that mm-hmm. moment. I get, I get a call from my manager the next day, and she's like, sorry, so they pulled a contract, and we've been working on this deal for, for months at this point, mm-hmm. building this whole thing, and uh, and and then I was, first I was upset, but then later on I realized that no, like my vow of recognition of my basic goodness and taking refuge that everyone has this seed of this mm-hmm. Buddha nature is something that I will lose a TV deal over and mm-hmm. that won't fucking matter because having yeah. integrity builds merit. When you yeah, have merit, you, you get the calling to go to Vrindavan. You get yeah, the calling to go to Bodhgaya. The highest wealth. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so it's, and then I was, I was just reflecting on it. Like, you know, our code of ethics are, 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 are what's are like not having this cognitive dissonance of like, you know, having the positive intention and the and the the skillful intention the beneficial intention but like saying the the unskillful things and doing the hurtful things mm-hmm. like for everyone who's like oh but i don't have the merit or the karma to go to these beautiful mm-hmm. you know our uh, iconic legendary sites like mm-hmm. you you can just start by looking at how much integrity mm-hmm. you have in your life do your intention does your intention match your words and do they match your actions mm-hmm. that like, I don't know what the karmic ripple of me saying, being rejected from that deal mm-hmm. had, has, but, you know, um, I actually do because I'm now in talks with two other companies right there now to go. do other two other epic things. So it's the, 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 the beauty of it. Um, and I don't know what kind of rent I just went on, but I was just <laughs> kind of thinking like, I think it's, um, integrity, something that came up. Oh, basic goodness, mm-hmm. understanding the gift yeah. of these places the that's innate, come up, yeah. has been, that I, Mm-hmm. understood and actualizes that we have this innate beautiful mm-hmm. seed of enlightenment at the base of our being and then our practice our sadhana uh becomes our own developing that watering mm-hmm. that seed more than the yeah. unskillful seeds and then the question goes to you what's something that that was that you were like holy shit this is a huge gift that mm-hmm. these practices have you know, develop inside of me, you know, what's mm-hmm. something that was just this big kind of shift in this, yeah. you know, you looked yourself in the mirror and you're like, 
Excuse me, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, well, well, thanks for that share, first yeah. of all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. And again, the first limb of uh, bhakti. So for those yogis out there, maybe if you studied yoga and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know, you get like the eight limbs of yoga. That's There's right. nine limbs of bhakti. Mm-hmm. The first limb is shravanam, listening. And the second limb is kirtanam. And then mm. there's seven other limbs, but actually mm-hmm. all of the pr- next seven can just be incorporated into the first two. Okay. So just by listening mm-hmm. and then offering, yeah, all is done. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's always good to we can yeah. only we can only sing what we can hear. Oh, um, that's sweet. <laughs> you know? Okay, thank um, you for that. Uh, and so again, just in in the age of Kali Yuga, it's actually they say Jan wisdom knowledge is actually not required in this age. Mm-hmm. If you're two souls such as us and we have a propensity to uh, conceptualize mm-hmm. we can do but also it's it's not required so mm-hmm. for any of you out there if any of this is flying over your heads mm-hmm. actually perhaps consider yourself even more exalted you're already, <laughs> <laughs> you're already in the flow mm-hmm. um, but yeah I'd say I really love this nature of this idea of like our in, in, inherent good nature, mm-hmm. you know, and this again is at the core of, of bhakti yoga that essentially our nature is comprised of three elements, sat, chit, ananda, mm-hmm. truth, consciousness, and bliss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our essential bliss nature. And sometimes, you know, we may end up in like a qualified bliss nature where we're like we're getting bliss from something as long as we're sucking on it. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then sometimes, sometimes it's concealed, but it's always there. Mm-hmm. Now, coming on to say maybe something which was really integral to me and also I think is maybe relevant in terms of our shared mm-hmm. tattva, if you mm-hmm. like. So there's a, a Buddhist teaching of the threefold path, you mm-hmm. know, buddhaya, dharmaya, sangaya. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of this? There's a, yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. there's a nice song like, Om Namo Amitabhaya, buddhaya, dharmaya, sangaya. Yes, um, oh my goodness, <laughs> yes. Oh yes, yeah. okay. So this meaning like, Om Namo, I bow down to like the infinite mm-hmm. and then Buddha. So then there's three things, you know, mm-hmm. three is the magic number as mm-hmm. we're all aware yeah um and uh mm-hmm. um so the three elements which um comprise like a embodied or an awakened or dare i say enlightened life mm-hmm. um buddhaya so the spark of the divine that lives mm-hmm. in you mm-hmm. you know that is mm-hmm. a, a shard of the infinite divinity mm-hmm. so that's one element we need second element Dharmaya. Mm-hmm. So like what you're here to do mm-hmm. in this life, you mm-hmm. need to do that, you know, to know what that is. So for me, that was then finding the practice of devotion, finding the practice specifically of kirtan within that, mm-hmm. my dharma, what I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. Now in the West, mm-hmm. in particular, we're really good at those two. Well, we're mostly good at that, you know, where we have some sort of awakening or some sort mm-hmm. of spark of divine in us. And then we're like, right, well, what am I here to do? You know, and then mm-hmm. we find like our job or our path and our service. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is even perpetuated some by but mainstream culture. You know, you see like Batman, Spider Man, Superman, and you know, all these patriarchal vigilante figures that are just going to, if they work hard enough, they can do it all by themselves. That's right. That's it's a fallacy. It's part mm-hmm. of the trap. Third mm-hmm. element, Sangaya. Mm-hmm. You need to have the community around you who mm-hmm. genuinely are like fractals, like that reflect empathize support those two mm-hmm. and they're doing their unique version of that mm-hmm. and it's not possible without that mm-hmm. and so then to be surrounded by people who are 
also on a journey of sharing devotion or being themselves, mm -hmm. it's this unlock peace. That's right. And this same with Kirtan, actually. The full name of Kirtan is San Kirtan, mm. Sangha Kirtan. Mm. Do it with those who also have their hearts open and That's soft. Right. So you mm -hmm. can offer, you can share some of your gentle, sincere mm. nature. Mm -hmm. And then you get this transmission. Mm -hmm. you know, in fact, mm -hmm. the full name is Hadinam San Kirtan. Mm. Yugadharma, Hadinam Sankirtan. So the practice of this age, Hari, God, mm -hmm. Nam, Sankirtan. So to sing the names of God with those people you feel at most home and supported and loved with. Mm. That is really the practice of the age. And mm. by doing that, we come into alignment. You know, all the stuff that doesn't make sense is purified, actually used as a fuel in order to bring us back into alignment. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. And and in your own inner world, what changed was this also this recognition that your dharma was to to offer this. But I I still want to hear from you. Like, was there like a a belief system you had? Was there something that was kind of like hanging on the background of your mind that through these practices you just were like, oh my god, <laughs> you know that kind of like x like like that. I mean. Because through the years of practice, um, you know, I'm coming on to my my ten years of of mm -hmm. this of this inner work, and it's been these like moments of change where like first was you know like releasing any sort of like internalized homophobia that I had, mm -hmm. and then understanding forgiveness through forgiveness, glimpsing of basic goodness, and then through basic goodness, then then really starting to share that with the world, and then experiencing imposter stranger. I'm kind of putting in a in a sort of a timeline, but it's really not. It didn't happen in a timeline mm -hmm. like that. It just kind of <laughs> happened in a sloppy mess, you know? Um, but it's, I, I, it's important for, for the listener to just like see you, mm -hmm. you know, accomplish in your dharma, like living and really helping people, mm -hmm. um, me included. And I'm going to put the links to all of your amazing mm -hmm. music and stuff you're doing. I want to just like humanize, yeah. you know, humanize mm -hmm. that path of like, hey, I've, I've been there too, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess maybe I can put talk. you in a spot, honey. Sorry. That's okay. No, no. I'm <laughs> I'm, uh, that's what I'm here for. Okay, I think good. that's what I can even talk about, you know, okay, talk yes. a little bit about my name. Yeah. You know, so, you know, my parents called me Paul. That's, mm -hmm. I grew up as that name. And it, if the funny thing was like, no one ever, no one ever called me Paul. Mm -hmm. I, um, um, I was always called monkey. Okay. In, uh, in, uh, growing up. Okay. And, um, so one of the meanings of my name is in the context I was given it is like able to give kirtan to anybody. Wow. Yeah. And so, or can and does give kirtan to anybody mm -hmm. or uplifter of the most fallen. Mm, that's so beautiful. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's so beautiful. Yeah, so it's almost like it's kind of, and it's, it's a name of Krishna actually in this age. And this age of Krishna is when Krishna is in his most... Um, merciful or most giving incarnation. Mm -hmm. And then Patita Pavana is when he's in his most giving mood of his most giving incarnation. Wow. So it's kind of like all the gates are open in maybe certain types of shakti or knowledge or wisdom mm -hmm. that normally would require like you know lots of study or servitude or yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. Actually we're in Kali Yuga. It's emergency. Mm-hmm. Boom! Mm -hmm. Here it is, full, full nectar, mm -hmm. full transmission. Shortcut. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And so this is kind of something that has always been um, within me, of kind of a bridge 
you know, mm-hmm. and then sometimes, so like at school, I was kind of like, I was on the rugby team, but also I was in like a punk band, mm-hmm. you know, I was mm-hmm. kind of like, kind of a good student and also kind of a rebel. I kind mm-hmm. of like didn't really fit in anywhere, but I kind of was in everywhere at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And then, so this was a really beautiful thing with me now understanding on a deeper level, on a transcendental mm-hmm. level, like the role of my soul or my being in this lifetime mm-hmm. to support that flow rather mm-hmm. than something that's like confusing me of like, that's ha, right. here I am. Like you've, you've been to our kirtans here in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in Bali and you know, what I sometimes say about them, for those who've been, like no explanation is required, mm-hmm. but for those who've yet to come, like no explanation is possible mm. um, <laughs> because, of, <laughs> yeah. because as much as we can try, but a big part of it is that energy, the transmission in the room, you know, and obviously we try and do our best to make the music cool and we have different grooves and beats and I do my best to sing in tune most of the time. And I mm-hmm. surround myself with other people who are basically better than me at what I do to kind of <laughs> support me <laughs> in that. Yeah. Um, but the, the key thing there is, is, is there's a certain, like we're kind of like a kirtan band for people who've not got into kirtan before. Mm. You know, we, a lot of people say that to me. They're like, mm-hmm. I never thought this was for me. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I had this sort of transmission. Mm-hmm. So I feel that's a big part of like, for me personally, and mm-hmm. I feel it's sort of picking up on what you were maybe hoping yeah, <laughs> to yeah, yeah, say. Yeah, please. It's like, that was again, another sort of like a, uh, a kind of a harmonization or kind of a, 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 a shining of like my who I am and then actually finding it in a way that I can be in service in a greater way mm-hmm. of like being that bridge you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Um, like which would be like from the the tarot you know like the priestess which is like my life path card in the tarot like the priestess she is in the heavenly realms mm-hmm. and she's in the earthly realms at the same time. Mm-hmm. So she's able to kind of weave between the two, mm-hmm. you know, and this is the path of all, not that I'm a great artist, but you know, all those great artists, poets, they're mm-hmm. able to help us reach those heavenly right. realms and have a sense of that, mm-hmm. you know, being that mm-hmm. bridge, you know, mm-hmm. and like, so I feel that's my job to kind of create that kind of loving, playful, artful bridge. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's really, really beautiful to do this podcast, to have these interactions with yourself now because it's the more that I surrender into myself and like understand that like my transmission or my soul has, you know, what I'm here to transmit has value and meaning mm-hmm. and surrender into that, then actually the more potency it has, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and it's like, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen the movie Waking Life. Mm-hmm. Fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bit towards the end. It's saying actually, then when when we realise that we're actually characters in other people's existences, mm. like I'm an avatar in mm-hmm. your journey, and you're an avatar in my journey. That's right. And the more That's we right. Embrace our inherent nature. Actually, the more rich that transmission becomes mm-hmm. for others. So realizing that your gift has value. Mm-hmm. That's a really big thing for, I think, all of us who yeah. experience, you know, shame, the shame monster, feeling like we don't have in, we don't have value, we're undeserving of, mm-hmm. of, of helping others, we're yeah. undeserving of, of receiving love. And, and so that's, I love that. Thank yeah. you for, thank and you for in, really speaking to that. That's like recognition that you have value and that your mm-hmm. gifts are needed yeah. they're vital mm-hmm. and to get a little bit more advisory mm-hmm. like picking up on your relationship with yeah. the wonderful audience out there yeah well not even audience family sangha yeah <laughs> exactly yeah um because this in itself can be kirtan energetically yeah um 
the um, sorry, I've lost my train of thought now. Sangha. Uh, <laughs> pre-sangha. Oh, so mm. the key thing, and this is one thing I really t- to stress for me, and this is like a big thing at the at the core of the Hanuman project, is you know really be yourself, be your true self, and mm-hmm. a big part of that is like what do you genuinely enjoy, what do you genuinely like, you know, mm-hmm. what has that heart's calling for you, mm-hmm. not what your mind or your parents or your teachers or mm-hmm. other people have conditioned you to think you need to do. Mm-hmm. Actually, for you to be a full success, if you like, in this life, it has to be the thing that's your heart's calling. Mm. Because if it isn't, sooner or later, life's going to get in the way. You're going to have the ups and downs. Unless you really love it, you're not Mm going to do it when you're not getting paid. You're not going to do it when it's raining. You're not going to do it when the car's broken down. You're not going to... So you have to be the thing that you love. Mm -hmm. Yeah? And that's the key. Mm-hmm. you know and then mm. this is this is the big thing about the Hanuman projects so it happened to be for me the thing that I love was spreading this message in this way mm-hmm. and it's almost like this then frequency that goes out that hopefully aligns inspires shakes out others and that mm-hmm. they're like oh yeah this is what I love this is mm-hmm. how I serve mm-hmm. and, and they do that mm, so good okay let's talk about forgiveness okay what's the role of forgiveness in your life and is there a forgiveness chant that we can hear because it's a question that I ask every guest okay what's the role of forgiveness in your in your personal life and in your art Mm, good question. <laughs> um, well, I would tie it in again with one of these core themes, and I would say I'd be um, lament me constantly repeating things, but as like a Kirtan singer, it's kind of my job to keep repeating things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh. So I'll come back again to this notion of like humility. Mm-hmm. So it might be like. So this is where the forgiveness forgiveness comes in mm-hmm. of um, A, maybe forgiving myself mm-hmm. if I'm maybe trying to do something and I'm not reaching the level I want, not getting lost in like criticizing or judging myself mm-hmm. um, because then I'm treating it as it's like a, it's a performance. Mm. It's not an offering. Ooh, a performance versus an offering. Ooh, yeah. that's good. Honey. Yeah, and this Y'all is key. This and this is super mm. key, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, the, the, the Maya is in perception. Mm-hmm. It's not in the thing. Mm-hmm. And this is a key teaching of, like, of Bhakti Yoga in particular. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're not like, it's not like all this world is false. It's just how I view it. Mm-hmm. So to kind of give me a little more literal, a little more practical. So it might be that, you know, perhaps you know, we are, you're working on a project or maybe I'm, I'm leading a, let's be, use me as an example. So maybe I'm, I'm leading this Akirtan, you know, and Mm -hmm. I've got musicians around and um, maybe one of the musicians like plays a wrong note or, or does something, you know, inadvertently like disharmonious. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, I can choose to like get triggered, Mm -hmm. get in my pain body and be Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're ruining Mm -hmm. it. Or I can choose to like instantly kind of forgive that or even not even get to where I need to forgive it, just accept and allow that, mm-hmm. um, which then in turn allows for like the potentiality for a greater harmony. Um, mm. And so this is again the humility. It's like the bigger piece is about this ceremony, this bigger offering that's going on. Mm -hmm. And so then naturally, you know, we're all coming up against edges all the time. We're in Kali Yuga, like Mm -hmm. stuff goes wrong. It's a fact of life. Mm -hmm. So if you're always in this mood of like, they say almost being like 
a blade of grass is how Chaitanya Krishna in this age mm-hmm. advises us to be, like or like a reed in the wind. Like mm. just allow yourself to like flow down when it slows down, just mm-hmm. forgiving, allowing, mm-hmm. and then pop back up. Mm-hmm. You know, or as like my mum would say, like don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um or what's the other classic one, you know, like the um the uh, the true enlightenment is the fragrance the flowers give off when they're trampled on. Mm, wow. <laughs> and have you had like uh, moments in your life where like forgiving yourself was a hard practice or forgiving other people's hard practice? Um, or have you been able to through maybe through your through the way you're raised, like the practice of acceptance and letting go mm-hmm. and 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 kind of just you know, loving unconditionally was more trained and conditioning to you. Yeah. For me, it was always such a hard thing, mm-hmm. you know? It was such a hard thing. It was the first thing I ever thought. Yeah. Uh, it was the first thing. It was the, the when I wrote my, my second book, the forgiveness chapter was the chapter that that the publishers from Sounds True, This I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, do you want to publish my book? Holy fuck, that's crazy. <laughs> it was the book, it was a chapter that sold, the book proposal was oh, the wow. chapter about forgiveness because it was so raw and vulnerable and just such an honest look at my mm-hmm. inner workings and how mm-hmm. I had this, you know, this beautiful wish to unlock unconditional love and to, um, and to actually be of service. But I had this big block of like, I can't go to the next level. I can, and I, and I've shared, and I've said this before, but you know, part of the things that I'm constantly educating people on, it's like, you can't really teach, you can't really share your gifts with the world unless you've, you have like really experienced forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, traditions that say that when we, when every human being has experienced forgiveness in their hearts, that's when we're going to have the second coming of, mm-hmm. of, of Christ, the next uh-huh. uh, avatar, Krishna's next avatar mm-hmm. will come and, you know, yada, yada. And mm-hmm. Ben, you know, my partner can speak to that. Mm-hmm. Um, prophecy a lot more in detail but mm-hmm. i believe in that because mm-hmm. i think the a big problem we have in our society is like we like to hold on to our past as sort of mm-hmm. like a badge of honor yeah right. and we like to hold on to this person did this to me mm-hmm. they are that they could never change mm-hmm. forgiveness is is such a an inner flexibility it just mm-hmm. allows us to kind of like recognize that um things happen but they happened. Mm-hmm. And in that choice where you instead of being a period at the end of the sentence, there's a comma or a mm-hmm. semicolon where you can actually start a new sentence and say, this happened. Mm-hmm. And here's what I did with it. You know? Exactly. Um, so have you had these kinds of like moments where you kind of brushed against the, the, the inability to forgive yourself or forgiving others or asking for forgiveness? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, Different for well, various um, occasions. <laughs> with this. Yes. Um, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I kind of part of me is like I could go a little bit more like in the personal realm. I feel like that's a where we could go. Into. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just, I don't know how we're doing on time, but I guess we're not. We're so worried just about that. we have a little bit more time. I have just okay. a couple more questions. Okay. Yeah. So to preface all of this, I, I'm very grateful and I guess fortunate in that I grew up in in a really sweet family, nice family. Good. Where you know my mum and dad. And my sister, we sort of, they created, and I guess we, like a situation where there was always like a certain safety there. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter sort of on one level, like how much we like fucked up. That's right. There was like this sort of innate mm-hmm. love and connection mm-hmm. with like, we're kind of like here for each other. Good. You know I mean? So I'm very yeah. grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and kind of, I guess, a certain stability. And so then, like, outside of that, that was when I've been challenged in that. So I think of one occasion. So, like, and again, I'm, like, having, like, romantic relationships in the whole mm -hmm. transformational, devotional, spiritual realm yes. is a whole other thing, you That's know? Right. And yes. I'm sure maybe yes. you can oh, <laughs> speak yes, <honey>. to that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've kind of, like, oscillated between like diving into that and then sometimes just being like you know what i almost like a hermit of, of like it's maybe i'm not able to navigate that in a way that if like requisite consciousness for want mm -hmm. of a word where i can be present with that because i'm also like i'm a little bit of an oddball you know what i mean i'm like mm -hmm. super into like doing kirtan and mm -hmm. before i was in bali i was traveling all over the world <laughs> all the time doing it so uh -huh. it was kind of like i'm i'm also not normal if you mm -hmm, know what I mean mm -hmm. um yeah but I had a situation basically when um I was with a partner that was a very special and deep partnership for me and had lots of amazing transformational experiences and then we'd been together for about a year and some of the time we'd physically be in the same place sometime we hadn't and after I think we were doing like a sort of a some sort of like breath work workshop mm -hmm. or immersion or something like that and I think like she'd been holding on to something where she'd been unfaithful mm -hmm. while we'd been separated. And it was like, and I think because I'd, I'd, never, I'd never been unfaithful to a partner and I'd mm -hmm. never had, or at least knowingly experienced that, you know, mm -hmm. at least not in an explicit way. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it like really rocked my world. Yeah. You know, in a way I was like, I was just like, no, like we, mm -hmm. like we're done type thing wow. yeah um and mm -hmm. now these days we're actually like really good buddies mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. like collaborate or do things together we're in the same part of the world mm -hmm. but the time it just was like really shook me to my foundation you mm -hmm. know of, of like this is kind of my normal mm -hmm. um but again it's like as you say it's like actually that energy is really constricting mm -hmm. so it's like well do i want to be in my pain body and constricting myself because I have this idea of myself of someone who this shouldn't happen to mm. because of what, I'm better than that somehow mm. or like, I don't deserve that. Mm. But the thing was, I did deserve it. If mm. I really go back when we were at the time, when we were kind of talking about how we would be when we were separated, I was in my own, I could call it shadow. Like I wasn't maybe as comfortable or secure talking about mm -hmm. boundaries or sharing boundaries or mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. communicating that. And so I think that she probably felt um, limited in some way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it wasn't like she just went off and did something, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that was like um, on a very personal level. I haven't really talked about this much at all with anyone. So Thank well, you. why not talk about it on a big podcast? <laughs> um, it's, it's part of my gift. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. was, again, part of that for me. Mm -hmm was also like at the same time of like being kind of like shy in a certain level of like mm -hmm. being witnessed publicly, mm. you know? And that's been a big part of my journey, not only personally, but with the Kirtan, with all of that, of mm -hmm. like allowing things to be a little bit messy publicly, allowing mm -hmm. things to fall apart publicly and be mm -hmm. witnessed in that. Mm -hmm. It's my whole brand. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's yeah. my whole brand. It's yeah. literally, here's a sloppy mass of yeah. feeling, you know, look inside. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and allowing that and, and being witnessed in that. And yeah. that's been um, 
you know, a, a theme for me. And again, if I can then talk more about, you know, from like a sort of devotional, kirtan, yes, artistic please. point of view, again, earlier on in my career, if you want to call it that, though it's not a career, mm-hmm. it's a practice. It looks a bit like a career and mm-hmm. sometimes it can look like we're on stage and it look mm-hmm. like a show. Mm-hmm. If I'm really doing my job properly, mm-hmm. it's not, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. even if it's 51% practice and 49% show, mm-hmm. that's the furthest extreme it should be. That's right. Um, Mm-hmm. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, again, I maybe earlier on, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, on a karmic level, I got in this, again, this is what can happen. I like really found what I was here to do. I embraced it fully. Mm-hmm. I let mm-hmm. go of certain stories or ideas. I created the space and I went for it. And things happened really quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, very quickly, I started to be invited to play at certain like Kirtan festivals or mm-hmm. having a little bit more prominence and things like that. Mm-hmm. And... I, you know, I was doubting myself and not in a way that I didn't want to do it because I was like, I'm really here to do it and I'm ready to do what it takes to show up. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was kind of maybe even witnessing myself being perceived by others and maybe projecting my own crap onto how I was being perceived mm-hmm. and being like, oh, I'm not really good enough to do this. I shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. doubting like what I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. And especially recently, since coming to Bali in some ways and that whole kind of cycle ended and now I'm kind of got here and kind of sort of got met not that it's a static community but got met by a community a group of people here of like where I'm at rather than this constant cycle and mm-hmm. it helped me be like all right okay I've got to a point where I have something to share and mm-hmm. it's useful and meaningful for people mm-hmm. and then kind of really kind of forgave myself in all the ways that I was like oh this wasn't good enough or this mm-hmm. isn't right or this doesn't properly fit like mm-hmm. the scripture or is this isn't oh you know sometimes almost like wanting to kind of like sculpt myself being a bit of a chameleon and mm-hmm. i think this can be like the shadow side mm-hmm. of this kind of being the bridge so the priestess archetype we talked earlier of like being able to kind of sit in two rooms at once or sh- mm-hmm. you know shepherding people through right everyone come on mm-hmm. emergency everyone mm-hmm. into the temple off we go here we go <laughs> portals closing you know and that's kind of my job mm-hmm. and without telling them off as well that's my job it's like mm-hmm. um my job is like i'm having the best party and it happens to be a spiritual party and I'm not and it, as soon as I'm trying to convince you to be in the party I'm not doing my job properly mm. everyone's just like yeah well you've been there mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Mm-hmm. so I think the shadow side of that for me mm. um, can be in this kind of chameleon especially younger in my life where you're like oh do I I don't quite fit in anywhere so like what do I need to do mm-hmm. in order to like get some like recognition or mm-hmm. fit in here do I belong mm. here and I can relate so much. Oh my yeah, God, keep they, going. And mm. so I think then, so then I can look back on my life and all the times where I've not really authentically been myself mm-hmm. because maybe I'm trying to fit in somewhere. I'm like, is this where I'm supposed to belong? Mm-hmm. And then you can always look back at that and it feels a bit icky. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, oh. And like, mm-hmm. actually like forgive myself. And like, mm-hmm. I was, I was, you know, on one level doing my best. On another level, I wasn't doing my best mm-hmm. because I was... You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I was, I can now see, you know, my soul, the little mm-hmm. boy in me trying to find like where I fitted in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. I really like, and this is something that's really alive for me right now. Mm-hmm. And even being on like a podcast and mm-hmm. being able to like be experienced putting something out there digitally. So there's mm-hmm. almost like a permanency to it, mm-hmm. you know, and just being like, oh, well, this is who I am mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, that's who I was and that's mm-hmm. also okay and mm-hmm. that got me to this place mm-hmm. and actually at this place maybe there is something useful maybe there's not um, mm-hmm. 
And mm -hmm. so kind of forgiving myself on that journey of maybe where I didn't think I was up to standard or didn't fit in and then realizing actually what I have has some value, mm -hmm. you know? And, mm. and so, yeah, I think kind of forgiving previous versions of myself mm. in my journey has been really powerful. Yeah, thanks for that. That's, I've yeah. never really contextualized that <laughs> like this. <laughs> Thank you. So we're getting meta now because now we're yeah. doing it on the digital, in yes, the podcast. Yes, me, and it, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I, um, I really appreciate everything you shared. And is there a mantra for forgiveness? One that you, that, that you have, you know, uh, offered out to publicly? Um, I'm sure there probably is, mm -hmm. especially in the Buddhist, Buddhist lineage. Mm -hmm. um, however, my, the, for, for forgiveness, for pain, for sorrow, for joy, for anything, mm -hmm. um, the Maha Mantra is like the greatest refuge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's good for any situation. Not only is it good for any, it's almost optimum for any, mm. any situation. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I've been in a, a place where things don't make sense, mm -hmm. don't know what to do, I'll just like surrender to the, the Maha mm -hmm. Mantra. And also just on my personal like Patita Pavana Das mission in life, I would be um, uh, remiss <laughs> if mm -hmm. I didn't, if that wasn't the mantra that I was to mm. offer as part of this, okay. which it would be both. So hopefully it's not a cop out. I'm not like, oh, well, I have this perfect mantra for forgiveness. Actually, it is a cop out and it's not a cop out at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's called the Maha, which translates as the greatest, yeah. you know, the mantra. ultimate mm -hmm. uh, for a reason. It mm -hmm. is very powerful. I've mm -hmm. had tremendous transformation in it. And I think we know during a season of my life when I was in a really dark place, I would literally ride around my bicycle mm -hmm. wearing headphones in Florida screaming out the Maha Mantra and I didn't give a fuck who was listening yeah, yeah, it was right. really about me and God it was mm -hmm. like I need to get free and I know this mantra helps me like mm -hmm. let's go and I did you know yeah I love this and I just did it and you know I trust me I've gotten like uh, lots of the prisons that I was like locked up in my mind um, I've been able to unshackle myself through mm -hmm. the power of singing these prayers mm -hmm. you know and um Last question. Um, I actually have two because you've lived in such beautiful places, these pilgrimage sites. Is there a mystical experience that you you would like to share? Um, yeah, I can I can share a mystical experience mm -hmm. again in Guatemala. Okay. Yes. Um, Guatemala has really been like a powerful place for me. Like it really ignited. Mm -hmm. It's very volcanic. Mm -hmm. Like we are here in Bali, and it we're really looking at two volcanoes. I mean, right now it's a little foggy, but we have uh, <laughs> there's two there. Batur and um, what's Agun? Agun, I, yeah, they're both right here. Um, yeah, so whilst I was again, this is I had this very transformational like few months there when I was so as was part of doing this amazing yoga course at the time, they mm -hmm. were teaching us all sorts of yoga, so it wasn't just asana, but they mm -hmm. were we were doing some yoga nidra. And this wasn't the kind of yoga nidra where it's like, oh, we're going to lay down and we're going to relax and we're going to do this. This was like, how do you keep your awareness mm -hmm. as you fall asleep? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. So this was like some like Maha yoga nidra. That's right. <laughs> like the, the real real. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Uh. Um, and, you know, because they say like some of the greatest yogis, they actually do all their yoga because you have less karma there. So mm -hmm. it's easier. So if you can like stay awake into the dream world mm -hmm. you can meditate or do your yoga your poses there you can sing perfectly in tune you can play guitar because mm -hmm. you're just mm -hmm. you're more freer there and um basically i had this experience like we can just go full like warts and all as i think is in those two yes so basically yes, at the yes, time yes. there was i was in this we're staying in this like um place and there was this uh 
guy who's staying in this room close by, who I think he's, was called like Baby Dragon. And, <laughs> and <laughs> at the time, I was having this whole experience with like Santa Maria, mm-hmm. the medicine. And um, he was like, oh, have you ever smoked a chillum? Which is how like they smoke. The babas yeah, in India. In India. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, later on, I would go on to do that. And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, we need to do it. And he made one out of bamboo. He found like this bit of bamboo um, outside our house. And he did this. And mm-hmm. so I had this chillum. And then I was like incredibly high. And then I was going to bed. And then I went to sleep. And then as I was going to sleep, I could feel my consciousness there and I could feel my body going to sleep and all of a sudden like my training kicked in and I was like oh those lectures that I was sort of mostly listening to I was like mm-hmm. oh yeah do this do that and just and then like boof and then I was into this black I was just it was just kind of blackness in front of me and I was like oh I'm asleep now but I was still conscious and then it was almost like a bit like how it is at the start of the matrix where there's like a bit of a green sheen mm-hmm. there's this kind of green sheen there and mm-hmm. I could feel there was a consciousness there mm-hmm. and I was like I said and then it and I could like interact with it holographically. Mm-hmm. And then once I realized there was something there, I then was like, I'd been reading lots of books at the time. I think I just recently read this book um, by this guy called Drumvelo Melchizedek, which was The Ancient Secret of the Flower of Life. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've read that book. Mm-hmm. I highly mm-hmm. recommend it for those who are uh, new to the world of um, magic and mm-hmm. symmetry and mm-hmm. um, you know all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And... There's lots of geometry in it. And they're saying, you know, what we call yantra, um, or like maybe people have seen these, say lots of the flower of life, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And these are really cool technologies. And one of the reasons they're there is to kind of help the masculine surrender to the feminine. The masculine can see the feminine patterns and like temporarily disengage. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so my mind was curious about why is it this like this? Why do I see this one next to this one? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, there's like a... Mm-hmm. supernatural consciousness there I can mm-hmm. ask them questions so I started asking them questions and they mm-hmm. were showing me like bringing them out spinning them around moving together I was like wow this is amazing wow so I had all these upgrades in that and then I guess I go deeper into sleep and there's something again about Atitlan that does this there's like a lot of people go there to do to study and practice astral projection and, and lucid dreaming and then I I kept going and then all of a sudden I was like a blue ball a light blue ball just kind of flying around. And I looked like I was in a computer game, almost like I was in like Sonic the Hedgehog back on the Mega mm-hmm, Drive, if anyone mm-hmm. is, uh, still remembers that. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, I was like, oh, where am I? It looks familiar. But And then I realized that I was exactly where I was. I was just flying around above my body, but I couldn't see any of the man-made structures. Mm-hmm. I could just see like the crystalline structures. So there's like giant beds of crystals at the shore of the lake and I could mm-hmm. see the nature and those sorts of things. And then there was like a pink ball and I flew up to the pink ball and I knew at the time it was my partner who was laying in bed next to me oh my at God. the same time sleeping mm-hmm. and I was like oh hi <laughs> it's me <laughs> and she's like yeah well, so what and I was like no like where do we know each other from and she's like oh my gosh yeah like we don't mm-hmm. and um so then we had this whole like experience mm. in this like astral realm and then when it was time to like wake up, we're like, right, let's wake up now. And then so we're like talking to each other, these two balls, and we wake up, and then we both wake up together in bed and then continue the conversation. No yeah, way. way. 
Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, oh, and so shit. on various levels, this was profound. A, because it was like irrefutable that magic mm-hmm. was real. Yeah. Because I was having yeah. this shared experience yeah. with someone else, with my partner at the time. Mm-hmm. And B, it's like as our consciousnesses travel down, I guess what people might call the shashumna, Mm-hmm. It was like, even for like a micro, micro, microsecond, as we kind of opened our eyes, it felt like, you know, some sort of consciousness, some kind of high frequency mm-hmm. traveled down with me. And at this point, again, I still don't speak Spanish very well now, but I've been trying to learn Spanish, but I couldn't quite string a sentence together. Mm-hmm. Like instantly, I could like string sentences together in Spanish. Like instantly, mm-hmm. I could sing a little bit better. Like for a wow. few days, I could see colors and auras and things like this. And it was even though I'd kind of been having this, like in the two months, three months previous, I'd found Kirtan, I'd mm-hmm. had all these experiences. It was just now irrefutable on a whole nother level of embodiment. Wow. Where it was like a shared collective experience. So as much as like my mind mm. wanted to, like my mind had just been quietened mm-hmm. and humbled, mm-hmm. but then also excited yes. and enlivened. It was yes. like, it was then now plugged into the next octave up where it was just getting better wow. fuel. And at that moment, I was like, wow, if this kind of thing is possible for me, whatever I thought I had planned out in my life, what I was going to go back to London or do, mm-hmm. just pales in mm-hmm. comparison to this. Wow. And I'm just even more just ready to like follow the magic. Mm. Wow, what a beautiful story. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for all the detail too. Yeah. Okay, this is the last question that I ask every guest. And I, I've been saying last question for the last few, few, few questions. But the closing question is, what does it mean to you to be spiritually sassy? Because that's like the whole, <laughs> what the whole show is about. It's about, okay. you know, me seeking out guests or friends who I feel like they embody that. Well, you thank know? you for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, it's something that I'm still coming into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a good example of that is like how I chat or as some people might call it, Harry Qatar, mm-hmm. uh, between when we do the songs in Kirtan or even the start of some of the songs themselves. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just funny, like initially it started where again, I was almost this sort of false humility where I'd almost like, you know, sometimes we make jokes because we're not quite ready to like really own something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've really kind of like embraced this now mm-hmm. of like bet- when we're doing kirtans and then I'll really kind of like sass myself, mm-hmm. like joke, mm-hmm. play around. Mm-hmm. And then really also the, the more modern thing, not more modern, more recently mm-hmm. is I've then started to dive back into my English again a bit mm-hmm. as well. He says mm-hmm. mumbling. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes. yeah, I was, you know, fortunate, I guess, enough to be blessed with uh, a nice brain and a good heart mm-hmm. and um, the potentiality for um, a verbose lexicon and mm-hmm. to be eloquent and perhaps poetic with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bali has really brought that out again. So good. at the moment for me, being kind of spiritually sassy is to mm-hmm. kind of dig in to the genuine nectar and wisdom and tattva that I've been fortunate enough to encounter Mm -hmm. and hopefully collect some fragments of it Mm -hmm. to then plat that up um, or braid that for those American authors. I'm I'm, I'm kind of, I like to say that I'm like, the only way I'm truly bilingual is like American English and British English. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, but to to kind of braid that with um, my... Um, sort of self-deprecating humor mm-hmm. and then to combine that with kind of a sort of uh, uh, a sort of English poetic 
flourish mm. and then like to braid mm-hmm. those things together mm-hmm. then you get this nice synergy and that's like when i'm in this kind of like spiritually sassy mm-hmm. playful mm-hmm. inviting mm-hmm. just like having like a good feeling party that people want to join mm-hmm. you know it's a kind of inclusive but also kind of like owning who i am at the same time mm, that was a good definition thank <laughs> you so much oh Pleasure. God, it's been such an honor having you on the show oh, thank you so much it's been an honor to be here i'm i'm very uh thank you I'm very I'm very honored to uh-huh. be on such an esteemed uh, first ever podcast. <laughs> what a podcast to be on for my first ever. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. That's, that's nice. Well, we didn't get to hear you sing, but we can put the links for there we go. Um, all the things in the show notes mm-hmm. and everyone yeah. go check out this, yeah. this, this, the Hanuman project. It's yeah. such an amazing, it's been really deep transformation for me so anytime i get the whatsapp notification that you guys are doing something i'm like yep i'm there <laughs> oh thank you so much yeah thank you thank you thank really, you everyone peace talk to you soon Hare love krishna. you Hare krishna i'm sadhu simone and you've been listening to the spiritually sassy show if you haven't yet go to apple Podcasts and subscribe rate and reveal this podcast and join me next sunday for another spiritually sassy conversation thank you so much for listening and i love you